Okay. We'll talk about that afterwards. Okay. <laughs> Got it. Sounds good. Hello, everyone. Well, look, at there's me laughing my face off. Okay. <laughs> okay, so we are here doing chat with chat live today. Um, and I have, so it's, what day is today? It's a Thursday. Today's Thursday. It's Thursday. <laughs> and it's four o'clock. So it's much later than we normally do chat with chat, but I'm still Ginger, your host. And here we are. And today I have Sarah Collins with us, which if you have been to any of our recent um, conferences or our Learning Difference Conference, you ought to run into Sarah at, at any of those. So she is a good friend and she has some really awesome information to share with us today. But I will let her start by telling us, oh wait, I need to do a, a commercial first. So um, <laughs> we have the convention coming up. If you did not know, the convention is going to be at the New York Expo this year on June 10 and 11. So uh, registration is live. I know a lot of you have been emailing and asking about that. It is live right now. For a whole nother week, you get early bird pricing. And then after that, it goes to uh, pre-event pricing and then there's at-door pricing. So uh, conv.chaponline.com is where you want to go for that information. You can also go to chaponline.com and it'll take you there. So anyway, you want to come? We'll all be back together again. Awesome. <laughs> So um, yes, I encourage you all to, to check it out if you've never been at a convention for sure and come back and say hi, because uh, it would be good to get back together again. So without further delay, let's get to know Sarah a little bit. Sarah, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure, I would love to. Um, so I'm Sarah Collins, obviously. I am an occupational therapist by trade. Um, I worked for several years in all different kinds of places, um, partially um, in the hospital. And then I worked home health care. And it was actually through home health care that I saw a family who was homeschooling. I was at their house. And um, talk about oh, intervention, right? So I was at their house. And this, um, the mom who was homeschooling, she was like, Sarah, I have, I've got to tell you about this homeschooling thing. And I was like, yeah, that's great. But I work full time and my kids are in school and whatever. And at that point, I think, oh, we lived in Maryland and my daughter was, I don't know, I have to think back, it was a very long time ago. My daughter was in third grade. My son was in kindergarten and I was working again full time. And then I had my youngest was one. Um, and so we saw, I kind of saw what her house looked like and how it was different than mine um, and how we were, I was dropping them off and then I was going to work and then we have to pick them up and they're going to field hockey and to, I don't know, swimming and soccer and yada, yada everywhere. Um, and I just really loved the beauty of what was happening in her home. Um, and within three months, my, after that, my husband had started a new job up here in Pennsylvania and we were moving and I said, now's the time to get started. Mm -hmm. And my husband thought I was absolutely crazy. <laughs> he really, you know, we subscribed to some of those stigma of what is homeschooling. It's, you know, mm -hmm. the, you know, how are you going to socialize your children and, mm -hmm. and all of that. And, um, but we worked through it and that was six, seven years ago now. And so wow. here we are. Um, and so now I work specifically with families, um, homeschooling families, um, mm -hmm. on occupational therapy and how to kind of integrate OT into their homeschools and, um, 
I it's absolutely lovely. We I work through most recently. I've just been doing a whole series on handwriting, and I have so I run some focus groups. I do some private consultations, um, and I, it's just it's the best of both worlds for me. That's awesome. I love yeah. that. So are there. Are there a lot of OTs out there working with the homeschool community? Is there, or is it kind of like through the school and that's it? Or <laughs> nope, there are not. So we're pretty rare. <laughs> I'm, I'm it, basically. <laughs> um, it's actually been really, really interesting. I've been working kind of from both sides of it, um, talking to um, occupational therapists about what is homeschooling, mm-hmm. and then talking to homeschoolers about what is occupational therapy. So kind of bridging the gap of mm-hmm. that. Um, you can, you get occupational therapy through um, the school district, depending on your school district here in Pennsylvania. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, my my son, we, <laughs> this is actually hysterical. We took him in to get, this was a couple of years ago, um, and he was really struggling with reading um, and writing primarily because of his vision. And I wanted to go in and get some testing um, and, <laughs> and he qualified for occupational therapy there. <laughs> And um, they offered me one time a month or offered us one time a month. I was like, that's all right. I think I can handle that at home. <laughs> one time a month going to do. But you can, can for sure. Um, it depends on the um, school district here and how they mm-hmm. kind of interpret the laws. Yeah, absolutely. But um, here in Phoenixville, we, we were offered that lovely opportunity. Um, but you can also go through the medical model and get um, depending on if your kiddo has a diagnosis or whatever, but at that point, you, going through the medical model, um, you're going to probably end up in a clinic. And so I have worked pretty, I've developed a course and I teach occupational therapists about homeschooling so that when you That's go awesome. into these clinics, which are fantastic, yeah. but when you go in there, you're not getting yeah. that how do you socialize your kid and you yeah, really yeah, yeah. school so that you exactly. can get all the services and um, you're not going to get that because it's just not, it's not true. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's mm-hmm. what that course does is it really, we go through the theories of homeschooling. We go through some of the homeschool stigma. We go through the mm-hmm. research of um, homeschooling and social skills and how um, occupational therapy can play into homeschooling, specifically working with families. So, wow, that's awesome. Yeah. That's so if awesome. you are looking for direct occupational therapy, I have a list of providers. So come at me. I'll get them for you. Awesome. That's awesome. Okay. So our title today was, oh, I can't remember what I typed on there, but it was like pretty (laughs) much like, what is the importance of play? Does does play matter for your children? So I heard Sarah talk on this once and I was like, wow, like it was really eye opening. And I like, just want to like scream it from the rooftops. Like everybody is aware. The first question is, is play important for children or how important is how play important for children? children? So this is a topic that's actually, it's so near and dear to my heart because, so I didn't mention this before, but my very first job was as a recreation therapist. So it was before I even went back for occupational therapy for my master's in OT. And um, I worked specifically at a children's hospital in Richmond, Virginia um, with kids who lived at the hospital. And my whole role was to play with them and to do community integration. And it was, it was such a sweet time. Um, and yes, play is of the utmost importance, um, for all of us across the lifespan. So, um, one of the main things, like first we need to look at then what exactly is play, right? So 
In the OT world, we talk about Adolf Meyer. He was one of the founders of occupational therapy. And he really talked about how there are throughout a day um, that you need to have a balance of work, play, rest, and sleep. And this has a lot to do with the neurotransmitters and um, how this affects the brain, right? So work is going to be when you have somewhat of a stress response. You know, not all stress is bad. Stress helps Mm -hmm. us to to. To work and it mm-hmm. and it helps our brains to really function and to learn more and whatever. So we need some work in our life. Mm-hmm. Play is when we're going to have these happy hormones or our endorphins. You know, mm-hmm. it's the things that provide excitement to us. So that's going to look different for every kiddo mm-hmm. uh, and every person. Right? Again, this goes across the lifespan. And then rest, which rest does not include sitting and watching television because. At that point, your brain is not at rest. Your body rest. might be at rest, yeah. but your brain mm-hmm. is not. So it's things like sitting to to pray for a bit or to meditate or to do yoga or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is where you're pretty much turning your brain off um, and allowing it almost to catch up with all of these other things that you've been taking into your body during yeah. the day. Processing, so, right? Like maybe yes. processing. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And sometimes I'm, I'm driving in, in the car and maybe this isn't when you're supposed to be not as alert, but, you know, <laughs> but in complete silence, because if you're driving mm. and you're paying attention to what's mm. happening on the road and you have all this other thing hitting your brain, just that silence for a few minutes is really mm-hmm. can be very helpful. Or the shower, right? The yes. shower is a great place to do yes. your thing. <laughs> I don't know if it's just me, but I tell you, I have some of my best moments in the shower yes, when I'm like, exactly. you do this? You, because you're allowing your brain to rest. Mm-hmm. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's a great one. Um, <laughs> and then sleep, obviously we all kind of know what sleep is, but so if we're thinking about play and how it is the things that provide us with excitement, again, that's going to look different for everybody, mm-hmm. but it's when we're, for lack of a better term, is when we're at our happiest. And so our happiest in our environment. Mm-hmm. So that's how it's important because we, if without it, then our bodies are not having that balance, which then Adolf Meyer, again, I mentioned that he was the one who mm-hmm. kind of came up with this whole theory. He postulated that that is what started its mental, mental illness when you do not have oh. this balance here. Mm-hmm. But it's also, I mean, Charlotte Mason also talks a lot about it. If you Mm -hmm. read some of her books within the homeschool world, you know, she talks about play as well as when kids are going to be integrating a lot of the things that they learn and they're just naturally playing it out. You know, they're naturally Mm -hmm. um, practicing some of these skills Mm -hmm. that they, they learn during their lessons or their work time. Yeah. So if it's something they enjoy, I mean, and I've read too, that when you are in a relaxed state. Mm -hmm. Um, you learn better. Mm -hmm. So if you're you're playing with something or doing Mm -hmm. something that you enjoy, you're going to learn about it um, Mm -hmm. better or, 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 or research it or whatever you want to say more, do it Mm -hmm. more. So you understand it better. So that relaxed. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really cool. Okay. So, so now we need those four things. It provides Mm -hmm. a good balance. So play specifically, like, what is it that, that children gain from actually playing? Like, you know, it, it is relaxing and it maybe it's a stress reliever. Maybe it's the best way to learn or like I kind of, one of the, you know, ways that we take in information the best, but you know, are there other things that we gain from play? You know, is there developmentally things that happen or, 
Yeah, so much. So, all right. So when I'm working with families and I'm trying to talk through them, their kind of their homeschool day, we always talk about within the person and then the environment and then like what their occupation is that they're doing. So the environment really is so are you in your home? Are you outside? What time of day is it? All of that. We can adjust through there. Um, and then the occupation is, you know, what they're needing to do at that point. So if we're thinking the occupation here is play, right? It's just mm-hmm. being involved in what they're, um, what specifically brings this kiddo excitement. So here's our occupation and our environment. We can change and adapt depending on what our need is for that day. But then, so then let's think about within the person, what is play doing for them? Mm-hmm. So you can think, um, motor skill wise. Okay. Motor skill wise, there's a developmental continuum, obviously. I'm sure that you've gotten, you know, when you go to the doctor and for your yearly checkup or whatever, and they're like seven and eight year olds should be doing this. And, you know, 18 month old should be doing this. Um, but play is when they naturally do a lot of these things. So if we, which then carry over into school, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. we think about we, as our kids get older, we want them handwriting, right? So we need to first be able to have the core strength that they need. They need to be able to reach across midline because as they're writing across the paper, they need to be able to to have enough strength here through their, I said, core strength, but also here in their shoulders to be stable so that then they have this mobility here. Like there's all of these underlying skills that they Mm. need to do that they get from play. So Mm -hmm. we could have them sitting and writing and writing and writing and writing and writing and writing. And then they're probably going to gain some strength within their hands Mm -hmm. or (laughs) they could be naturally playing outside and they're climbing up a tree Mm -hmm. and they're picking up acorns and they're taking off the top of it. And they're um, throwing balls with their kid, their friends, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever they're getting those same skills that we could force from them through work. But then we're, we're having the cortisol and we're not having, you know, the positive endorphins, the serotonin, we're not having that. So, and the oxytocin. So what we want to be doing is allowing them that time for playing naturally so that they're Mm -hmm. building the motor skills. All right. So motor skills are one process skill processing skills. So this is kind of our cognitive things. And I'm going to give you a prime example of my son yesterday. So he's six and Mm -hmm. he got this big giant tennis ball for, um, actually my newly 11 year old got it for his birthday and my six year old (laughs) kind of took it, but whatever, (laughs) I'll let them handle that on their own. But so he was outside and he started dribbling it. And at first he dribbled it for like seven or eight times before it stopped dribbling and it was rolling down. But let me tell you, he was counting those seven times. Mm. Then he decided that he wanted to be, he wanted to set his own goal. Right. And so he did ah. he set his mm-hmm. goal for 50. So mm-hmm. then he had to decide what do I need to do with my body, which was the motor skills. But then he started counting up and he could mm-hmm. tell whether he was getting from, you know, was he closer to 50? Yeah. This is yeah. ask initiation, which is yeah. exactly skills. This is goal-directed persistence, which is executive Mm -hmm. functioning skills. Mm -hmm. It was emotional control because when he didn't get it, then how did he, you know, he came back and started again, right? Mm -hmm. And this was all his own idea within his own little game. It wasn't me really working on goal-directed persistence. We're going to start this and we're going to finish. Plus not to mention academically, the the math that he was doing, Mm -hmm. we were working on less than greater than Mm -hmm. um, for a bit. And he 
naturally did that all on his own. That's amazing. Right. Even further, then he started skip counting because he got, he was Ah. like, this is boring to just keep counting. So then he started counting by twos. So again, like it's these natural skills that he's Mm -hmm. building Mm -hmm. by himself. You know? yeah, I love that too. And what I was thinking in there, as you said, when he didn't make it and then he had to deal with that and start over again. I mean, that's yeah. failure. Like I didn't yeah. make it when I got it. Right. What am I going to do to keep, you know, you know, you right. have some kids who are like throw the tennis ball across. That's it. I'm done. Right. <laughs> whatever. But right. the, if come back to it later or whatever, but mm-hmm. all these little things and with the strength building, yep. like you were saying earlier, you don't even realize no. That that stuff is building strength for them. Right. So if they're sitting in front of a screen all the time, obviously they're like, what's the word when you lose your muscle? Um, cool, you build muscle. And if you don't use it, it it's not no. decay. Atrophy. Because you're not using your muscles, right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so just, just, and it's mm-hmm. easy. It's not like you got to lift weights or anything, right? You just right. go out there and and do right right and i mean lifting weights and cat like for for me honestly as you get older like sometimes that play is within i mean that can be played for older kiddos absolutely um and for like i really enjoy going going to the gym and exercising Mm -hmm. in that way so for me that's kind of what my play is but for little guys Mm -hmm. it's not typically that (laughs) you know it's more of a how do i interact around me and Mm -hmm. um what do i see So, yeah. And then even, you know, social skills, obviously. So if we're thinking, I I like to think of it as, as if we're looking at motor skills and process skills and social skills, and those are the important, um, or three, three really important aspects, um, of occupational therapy, but also that include within our occupation Mm -hmm. here in play. So the social skills of now granted that time, my kiddo was by himself, but what if somebody else was there and he had to take turns and, or if he started bouncing back between them and they were counting Mm -hmm. and then what happens if he dropped it and the other friend was mad and he had to take care of it. These are natural things that they're working through Mm -hmm. with play, Mm -hmm. um, versus us, really being involved in telling them exactly what they yeah. should do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So team, team stuff or team mm-hmm. sports or just even with the, one other person or, or like when um, you have your kids have a friend over and that they play with this toy, but they're playing with it and the friend is uh-huh. just watching them play with it. No, how about you yeah. Yeah. let the friend play with <laughs> it you, right? Let's do it together. How are we going to figure that out? exactly yeah all that problem solving that oh, also yeah. all social skills so much valuable stuff in there and all those little things that you don't think of mm-hmm. really just build into you know all the crawling and the whatever yeah. just all the little bit picking those little pinchers you know they're when their fingers are and they pinch and they pick up all this tiny stuff right oh, they find every teeny tiny, tiny little thing. piece of dust on your floor I know, and then, but that's all. I mean, that is a skill. That's a really mm-hmm. good skill. That whole So all yeah. these little things that they're doing is just um, helping them to develop. Yeah, their person. It's so amazing. So, how much time do you think? And this one may vary by age. I don't know. How much time do you think is enough? Like how how often should kids be playing? Like we, you know, all of us overachieving homeschool moms who are so concerned, of course, in the state of Pennsylvania about meeting the requirements, um, academically, but there's that balance, you know, there's, Mm -hmm. like you said, there's the work and the play and the rest and the balance. So, you know, what do you, what do you think about? Yeah. So 
there isn't a specific, like, this is your developmental stage of how much time Mm -hmm. that you should be playing, especially if we think about like, what is your mindset? Okay. So if, if we're dividing things up based on what that philosophy was, where we're dividing between work, play, rest, and sleep, Mm -hmm. and the play is the time that's providing you with the excitement and the stress relief. And Mm -hmm. uh, again, giving you some of those positive, uh, like the, the positive endorphins, right? So we want to provide that balance enough for our kids so that they do not have too much work, which is giving that all that cortisol and then you're overstressed. Mm-hmm. So how do we know what that is? Well, if our kids are, are overstressed and we can tell that some by, um, poor eye contact typically, or not mm-hmm. being able to, it, not wanting to engage, um, not wanting to participate in things that they would previously have enjoyed in mm-hmm. or have enjoyed, um, then we can say, all right, we need, we need a mix here. Mm-hmm. We need to get back down on the work mm-hmm. and increase some of our play mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Um, and the younger they are, the, the more play that they need. I also want to mention sometimes when we are with our kids all the time, um, like most of us are, as we're, as we're mm-hmm. homeschooling, um, we tend to get in their way. And Charlotte Mason also talks about this. And she was saying like in the after her, you know, in her books, she talked about nature study a lot and giving the kids time out there. And I will never forget when I read her book, one of them, and she was talking about, you know, don't get involved, but sit with your own sewing. <laughs> and I was just imagining myself like, <laughs> Let me tell you though, I, I have cross-stitched for the first time I started homeschooling because I was like, I'm not going to be bothered, but I will use myself as a prime example. Um, mm-hmm. And this was after um, my daughter, Annabelle was born and she was, I don't know, two or three. And I was telling my, my mom, now granted, I was already an OT at this point. I was like, she does not play by herself. She's around me all the time. And then yet I would put her up in a room like for nap time or whatever. And she would play with all of her dolls and she would oh, do yeah. all of her things all by herself. And my mom was like, yes, Sarah, she can play. You're just getting in her way. Or if I'm there, she wants to engage with me. And that's, that's great. Like I can mm-hmm. watch her, you know, feed her doll or, or whatever, but mm-hmm. it's not that she couldn't. It's not that I was continuously like, oh, well, look at this. And oh, we'll do that. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> you know? yeah. I was yeah. a bit, um, I mean, she was my first, my first kiddo and Mm -hmm. I worked a lot. So when I was there, I wanted to be around her and engage with her Mm -hmm. and whatever. And, um, she said, just like start to back out a little bit. Um, and I, I did that and, you know, starting to make myself busy. I'm not saying like, sit with your phone in your face, because that's not necessarily a positive thing, but like sit in the room or, you know, if you can't leave them Mm -hmm. there, but you don't necessarily have to engage Mm -hmm. all the time. Um, and so when that was happening, then her play absolutely increased, you know, her, the, her entertaining herself increased. So I, I think I totally got off topic of how much time it should be. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, what I think, well, there's two things that were popping into my head. I mean, it's very easy with your first child to get into like entertaining mode, right? Oh, here's right. the child. I better do something with them. So they're entertained or they're not upset or whatever, or if you have a crier and, you're like, ah, you know, yeah. um, but I think as you increase children or the workload with homeschool, mm-hmm. you have mm-hmm. less time to sit in front of them. So they have to figure right. it out. Right. 
Yes. Uh, so yeah. So like you said, getting out of the way, like I was thinking when the kids play outside, I work in the garden, you know, yeah. I'm doing yes. this. help me do this if you want to, but if you're not yes. interested, you know, go do something. Yeah. Do your own thing. Right. Yeah. And yeah. And I was, yes. I was thinking with the time, uh, when you were t- talking about that earlier, what struck me is it's, it really just takes, it's the parent's responsibility then to just observe their children. Mm-hmm. Like you mm-hmm. said, if they're, if they're closing in or they're shutting down or whatever and be like, Ooh, you know, and figuring out what that is and adjusting what right. you're doing. So that instead of, I can be very guilty of here's the schedule, this is what we need yep. to accomplish. And I'm plowing through it until we get yep. it all done. And um, if everyone starts to shut down and they're miserable, then obviously there's a little bit. Yeah. They're not learning on. anyway. Right. And, I mean, yeah, they're not exactly. taking it. Exactly. They're not taking it in. So, and then it's like, okay, well, either let's just forget all that and go play or let's figure out a way to do this in a playful way or, or whatever. But so it's, it's observation and kind of responsibility on on mom and dad's part to find that Mm -hmm. balance, I guess. It'll be different for everyone. Yes. There you go. So maybe I didn't get that off topic. (laughs) You did it. You did. You were right there. It was good. It was really good. So, okay. And then obviously before you said, this is not just a little kid thing, although little ones learn through play like mm-hmm. a lot like yeah. mostly mm-hmm. um and like well one of the things that, that popped into my head as I was thinking about us meeting is um I almost cringe when when I see folks ask about curriculum for preschoolers <laughs> and I'm like no 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 <laughs> no yeah you, you know library books or maybe the library is not so good anymore so we your favorite books you know your yeah. childhood books whatever you have reading, coloring, playing outside, blocks, beads, stringing, you know, whatever. Right. Um, Those, you know, using your fingers, playing kind of stuff. And and curriculum, the word preschool and curriculum, just even kindergarten, you know, it's just like, no. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, that's like, you know, you're agreeing, you know, like early on. Yeah. It's very interesting that I do agree, Um, but there are some like what, what is it that brings you excitement, right? Again, because if that's what we're looking at our, at our definition of play is, so what is it that brings you excitement? Like, so my six-year-old now, he's been around homeschooling like his whole life, basically. Mm-hmm. We started when he was one. And so like for him, when we would be sitting down to, to write some stuff, if he had his own little notebook that he could, you know, mm-hmm. feel like he was participating in, like he was, he was playing, you know, he would be coloring, he's drawing, he's, yeah. Um, and so no, did I get him a, a curriculum when I was specifically, you know, trying to work through no, but he also didn't want to feel left out. Yeah. So I think there, if you're looking at, um, like, what is the purpose of it? If the purpose mm-hmm. is that we're going to have this very structured time that we're going to sit down, just me and my three-year-old and I'm going to mm-hmm. teach him all his letters. Like that's where I'm like, back it up. Yeah. Yeah. But if it's like, this is the atmosphere of our home and this is how my three-year-old participates in with us, then right. Have at it yeah, um, and do it, yeah. do it together. As long as again, it's not giving him all of, all of this extra work time. Yes. Yeah. Busy job. work or whatever. Yeah. Oh, so here's a, here's a good kind of embarrassing story for my life along those lines. So I have six children. Uh-huh. My youngest is currently seven. But when he was four, I was, you know, working with the older kids um, and I didn't really have him on my radar yet. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm yeah. four. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get there. And then one day, like 
I don't know, halfway through the school year, and maybe it wasn't quite halfway. He's like, Mom, I want to know how to read. Yeah. You know, right? and he picked it up fast because for him, it was fun. Yeah. It wasn't like this, okay, we got to read. It's time to yeah. read. You're in right. kindergarten. It's time yeah. to sit down and read this thing. And I kind of forgot. I didn't really forget, but I kind of forgot about him. And he just kind of took it into his own hands. And then he just kind of woo, took off with it. And it was it, like, right? wow, like I couldn't even believe. And, and for him, it was just like this game. Mm-hmm. And, and, and again, that goes back to that, like the atmosphere of your home, but also yeah. like what is play for each specific kid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If we're not thinking like, a play is only defined by when you are busy and engaged with your toys. You know, that, that's putting some, that's putting it on the environment and it's not looking at what it's doing for the kid. And so it's very, very different. What brings your kid happiness? What brings your kid that excitement that's going to be eliciting yeah. these, these um, neurotransmitters? I keep saying yeah. neurotransmitters. <laughs> Sorry, my mouth is like, blah, 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 blah. these endorphins <laughs> to their, mm-hmm. to their brain. that's yeah. defines play. So it's so that's, that's an education for us parents, mm-hmm. you know, because a lot of times we think, oh, it's toys. It has to be toys and you're playing with right. your toys. But no, it could be anything if they're pretending yep. to be a newspaper person and taking notes or you know whatever writing their own storybooks or whatever you know and and that's that's all I will never forget when I went to Mexico like I was in high school and this still sticks in my mind and I went to Mexico on a mission trip and there was this little kiddo who was sitting outside of his his house and we had been working to build um, a cinder block house for his family and he was sitting outside and he had these corn husks that he took off of the, the corn that they had been making us um, tam- tamales, right? Yeah, tamales that they make with the corn. Right. So they had been taking off all these husks and then he took them and he ripped it down. And then he started like he was trying to braid through them. And then he was pretending like it was hair. And, so, <laughs> you know, like it is not that we have this room full of toys yeah, that we need to engage toys, our yeah. kids. Yeah. It's that they can, they are eliciting this response with, again, within their brain, they're building all of these skills physically, um, cognitively, um, socially, they're building all of these skills because they're naturally doing it. Doing it. Wow. Awesome. Awesome. That's so good. Well, I appreciate you coming on today. I just love talking about this again and again, because it's, it's kind of some of the concepts are new to my brain, but it's good to be reminded of things and like, think of things in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. This was really speaking to some of you folks out there and it was very helpful to you because it's always helpful to me. (laughs) Uh, So I appreciate you coming and speaking with me, Sarah. Um, I did want to remind you out there in Facebook land that if you are coming to convention, there's going to be a panel session on Friday at 3.30. If you have questions that you've been dying to ask some homeschool veteran about, um, we will be having a panel. So please come ask us your questions. We will give you answers to the very best of our ability. And if we don't know them on the spot, we will find out the answers for you and get back to you. But but 3.30 on Friday at convention, which will be June 10th and 11th this year. So come out and see us. We would love to say hi and see you at the chat booth. And that is it for this episode of Chat with Chat. And I believe we will be back in like two and a half weeks-ish with Dr. Denise Ebersole. She's another friend of mine who is helping with the mentor network that we're setting up. And we'll be talking with you about that. But thanks for coming, Sarah. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And can I just say like where to find me if you guys have more questions too, for sure. 
Um, you can find me at Homeschool OT on Instagram or www.homeschoolot.com. You can find both. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. That's great. Yeah. Fabulous. Okay. So see you later, Facebook land. <laughs> <laughs> Bye.